the Hamp and OB Show. I first say, would you rather uh, lose pretty or win ugly? Bridgewater could not find anyone, and he is taken down. Bilal Nichols with the sack. That's deflected and then picked off to Sean Gibson. I think that we'd rather win ugly. Foles looking to the end zone, and the catch is made for a touchdown by the rookie out of Notre Dame, Cole Komet. Ultimately in the NFL, it's about winning games. Bridgewater in trouble. Down he goes. Sacked back at the 12-yard line, Khalil Mack. Now the handoff to Davis, and the ball is not free. It's scooped up by the Bears. We're a team that's young, offensive, we're growing, we're getting to know each other, we're figuring out who we are, and we're doing it at the right time. It's Foles on the sneak. He's in. Touchdown, Chicago. Bridgewater on first down, throws, and it's picked off. DeAndre Houston Carson to put an exclamation point on this game for the Chicago Bears. I know we're going to improve. I believe in our staff. I believe in our players. And I'm really grateful to be a part of this organization. Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. We're rolling. We confirmed it. We are good. It's go time. The ultimate goal is to win the Super Bowl. That's what we're striving for is perfection. It's the Hamp and OB Show. Let's begin now. Seven twenty WGN Hamp and OB with you till ten o'clock tonight. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. That is the phone number where you can talk about your five and one headed to the damn Super Bowl. Chicago Bears Hamp. It'll be brought to you by Chevy Drive Chicago.com and Dan Hampton's truck, the Chevy Silverado drive what Hamp drives a Chevy Hampo. I think you want to start tonight. Well, well, well. Looky, looky. Five and one, as you said, Mark Carmen. And what's in store? That's a little bit about what we're going to talk about the next three hours. As you know, a 10-win season will almost guarantee you a chance to go to the playoffs. But as Mr. Obradovich aptly puts it, week after week, Playoffs don't matter. It's about what you do in the playoffs and where you end up in the playoffs. Now, you know and I know there's a lot of heavy lifting that have to uh, that has to be dealt with, especially on the offensive side. And as we have uh, just so perfectly uh, heard there from our, our quarterback Nick Foles in the post game um, breakdown, you know, winning ugly, okay, and that works, but. Five ugly wins is, is is no way to go through life. We know that it's necessary to kick it up. And the bottom line is, somehow, some way, we need our team to coalesce behind a certain direction. And we keep thinking that Matt Nagy is the guy. And we're not discounting the fact that he's the head coach and so far so good. But with the morass that we have seen and had to deal with on a weekly basis on the offensive side, OB, it has to get better. And we are entering into a, a, a period over the next uh, three, four, five weeks that we're going to find out who this team is. And it's not going to be, you know, one of those win ugly, uh, you know, situations like we were able to pull out Sunday against Carolina. We're going to play some pretty good teams. And now the Rams were embarrassed on national TV Sunday night. They know they are capable of so much more, and they will be ready for the Chicago Bears, especially their defense. Their defense was pushed around all over the uh, the field. They're gonna they're gonna make it hard 
for our offense. But back to Nick Foles. You know, Nagy brought in all these new offensive coaches. Bill Lazor, uh, John D. Filippo, uh, uh, Juan Castillo. Rather than wait for one of those guys to materialize as the the golden, the you know the burning bush, and and instruct, I think it's imperative that Nick Foles assert himself, and not only becomes the bona fide leader that we know he can be and has been, but that he has to kind of step up and try to make some sense out of this offense. And tonight we're going to talk about it, OB. You know, we got a running game that has been putrid for the last three games. and That's that not the not, only problem, but go ahead. But, but, but essentially, I think Nick Foles has a pretty good idea of what they are capable of and what they need to focus on. And Nagy, you know, screaming about details. And i got a great story about details a little bit later. But... The attention to details is going to be imperative the next month if we are going to try to continue on this path. And as five and one, hey, we stand and applaud. But you expected this, did you not, Mr. Obradovich? Well, I kind of thought the first six teams that they were playing, first six games, none of them made the playoffs. So you're starting out a fresh season, you know, coming off an eight and eight season. And the schedule wasn't wasn't all that bad. But, boy, when you open up against the first six, and I'll tell you what, what I love about it, we're 5-1. and 5-1, and one. that's great. But why, when you listen to all the different pundits across the country about the NFL, the Bears get absolutely no respect. And the reason why, it's who they played. It's exactly who they played and how they won the games. It's been basically... Last second, miracle interceptions, passes, catches, last plays of the game. And that's how we, that's why we're five and one. Better us than somebody else. Now, here's a, here's a good thing about this. We're, we're basically a little over what, a third of a season. So we got basically about two thirds to go. Folks, I'm telling you, it's 10 games, 10 games to go. And if we somehow can win five, I'll guarantee you we're going to be in the playoffs. And once you get in the playoffs, all bets are off. All bets are off. Anybody can beat anybody at that particular time. Then you talk about the mental game, the attitude game. That's when it really steps up because you got to have the smartness and you got to have the gumption and the guts to go after people, take them down quarter after quarter after quarter, game after game, once you get into the playoffs. Now, what I, reason why I said... We only have to win five more games out of ten. I know the teams we played, but here's what's coming down the road. We've got the Rams coming up, New Orleans, Tennessee. But then again, guess who we got games with? Minnesota Vikings. We have two against the Vikings. Their record is one and five. We have one more game against Detroit Lions. Their record is two. They just won last week. They're two and three. We play Houston. Their record is 1-5. and five. And also, the last team, not well, wind up with Green Bay, but second to the last game, we play the Jacksonville Jaguars. Their record is 1-5. and five. Vikings 1-5, and five. Houston 1-5, and five. Jaguar 1-5, and five. Detroit 2-3, and three. folks. And New Orleans can be beat. I think we're going to be in the playoffs. Not unless... The total and complete roof caves down on the Bears. 
and I don't think that's going to happen. Why? Number one, why are we at 5-1? and one? We're at 5-1 and one again, I mentioned because of the schedule, but we're there because of the defense. Make no mistake about it. That's the reason why we're 5-1. and one. Because when you get our offense in a running game, we run one game in four quarters for 28 yards. I think we go the following week, correct me if I'm wrong, Mark, we ran like 38 yards or 35 yards. 63 and back-to-back and, and weeks, this, OB. Not and, great. And this last week, we, we ran for a total of 63 yards. What that does, obviously, <laughs> it kills a lot of drives because if you can't run on anybody, it's, it's a, a, unbelievable that you're going to win a football game. And yet... And when you look at it, you know, we, we threw the ball 38 times, 40 times, you know, and we averaged per pass attempt just barely five yards. Well, we're dink and dunk team, Dan. And, and again, that will not stand. And somehow, some way, as you have has so aptly It's the team you know, we played, Dan. It's I a agree. fact. Well, and, and think about this. We, we played a couple of good defenses, but the other four were, you know, gar, uh, garbage. Somehow, some way, we have got to be able – to be more explosive. Think about this. Other than the one catch by Allen Robinson where he broke two tackles three weeks ago in Atlanta, we haven't had a, a scoring play of over 20 yards. We've got to be more explosive. And I go back to Nick Foles needs to assume the responsibility of trying to figure this out because, to me, it looks like we got way too many cooks in the kitchen. Let's come well, back here. Mark, before you go anywhere, just stay on this here. This running game is is anemic, okay? And it just is. And what this does, folks, what it takes away from you offensively when you attack downfield, you got to convert on third down, you got to move it down, and you got to put points on the board, okay? We struggle. Number one, we struggle on third down. Trying to convert on third down is a big problem for us. Why? We can't run the ball. And another thing it does, it takes away from your offensive arsenal. It takes away the play-action game. Now, if you watch Patrick Mahomes, Rodgers, watch all the good quarterbacks, I'll guarantee you more than a third or close to a half half of the time, especially Green Bay, they go to play-action. Why? Because they can run. And the first thing the front seven has to do with respect is the run. So they have to take care of the run first, recognize, and then go to where your drops are. So we've got to get this run game going because we're going to come up against here the next three weeks some fairly decent football teams. And you know what, Danny, we've got, again, not to talk in circles, we've got to get this running game going, and we've got to convert on third down. It's enough of this, of third and seven, third and eight, third and five, and we throw a two-foot out. All right? That's got to stop. That's one of the reasons why we don't convert on, on third down. And it's right in front of you. You can see it in the stats. You can see it when you watch the game. You're, you're hoping and praying that somebody will break a, a, a tackle and, and get a first down. That's not how this game is played. Nagy! 312-981-7200. Get your calls coming on back here. I want There's a ton that you guys just brought up there. One part of it, though, is I think we are starting to see an elite bear defense, and what does that mean? Mark, what I'm telling you again, it's that big. If you can't run the football, again, I, I, and I can't take 
emphasize this enough, you take away play action. And play action in the NFL is giant. It's huge. Well, let's try to solve that coming on back here. What, what, what is the path forward again in the run game going as well? 720 W Gen Hampton OB till 10. You get down there and they get that, that they get that first down on fourth and three. And then we end up holding them to a field goal. I mean, that, that's big time. That's special. There's not a lot of teams that can do that and rebound from that. Just the mental fortitude that they have to be able to stick together. I mean, they were flying around. I, mean, there's, I was just talking to the defensive coaches uh, earlier this morning. I mean, you look at this, and there's literally, like, all these guys on, on the team, there's di- different spots, different positions, um, different times throughout the game that they're all just flying around playing fast, and they're just creating havoc. Indeed they are. The Bears getting contributions all over that defense. Hampton will be till 10 o'clock on 720 WGN. My name is Mark Carmen. Phone number is 312-981-7200. Who stood out the most for you oh, on the defense? Wait, 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 wait. Right there, Nagy, you know, applauding the defense, which he should. And we'll get to your answer here in a second. You take your time, Hampton. But think about this. This was the most green... NFL team you could ever imagine. It was a brand-new coach with a brand-new quarterback brought in, brand-new offensive coordinator, brand-new defensive coordinator, new running back because McCaffrey's out, and yet it took a last-second interception to seal the win. And, okay, they're playing great, but how great is having to you know hang on by your fingernails to the last second of the, every game? So, yeah, the defense is playing pretty darn well. But essentially... Somehow, somewhere, they're going to have to find a way to kick it up. And I'll tell you this. If you think the Rams are ready to lay down and bleat, they're not. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite. The smart guys in Las Vegas are basically saying, hey, you like the Bears? Take the Bears. Take the Bears. They want to give them to you on a platter. So I'm just saying a lot of people, as you so aptly pointed out, OB, a lot of people are not buying what the Bears are selling because – as good as the defense is, and you know, we'll, we'll talk about the great plays, uh, the forced fumble by Robinson, the uh, the great uh, uh, play by Jalen Johnson to kick the ball up for Gibson to to intercept. All those things are great, but think if one of those plays do not happen the way they did, we're probably losing that game. And that is a team that started, you know, in, a, in somebody's basement back in August. Nobody knew anybody. They didn't have offseason. They didn't have OTAs. They didn't. And yet, we have to hope for all the turnovers, all the breaks, just to be able to come out of there with what Nick Foles called an ugly win. Teddy, though, has been playing really good football. He's, he was, he's completing pass at a 73% rate. The Bears holding a 16 to 29. You're getting pressure. Average seven and a half yards per attempt. Against our great defense. That's 50% more than our offense average against their garbage unit. So I'm just saying, when you peel it back, we, we are just, hey, and we're happy. We're happy. And a good friend of mine, uh, Big Jim, just sent me a, uh, a text saying that the NFL says the Bear fans are the biggest whiners in the NFL. <laughs> well, Thanks, we're Big whining Jim. because we know, because we've been a part of this for 40 years here and you 60 years, OB, you know you can't keep on, you know, pl- playing and winning with the Ouija board. Dan, you know, it's, uh, it, it, again, you know, the fact that it matters, we're 5-1. and one. But I had mentioned earlier in the show, folks, that throughout the National Football League, and it just happens to be uh, what's going around, is there's, they're really bears, they're, 
They they don't get the respect. And it's like, who did they beat? My God, three of the worst teams in the National Football League: the New York Giants, the Detroit Lions, and the uh, Atlanta Falcons. Atlanta Falcons, which have the absolute worst defense in the league, and every game has come down to the last second, to the last play that we have won. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's folks. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. I mean, you know, numbers don't lie. And and they they've just got to get going. And you want to know what, Dan? Oh, boys, you know, you, if you think you can do it, then get the hell out there and do it. And we're going out to L.A., you know, long trip, et cetera. You're playing on Monday night. You're playing against a team that, that a lot of people think might get to the Super Bowl. You know what? We're 5-1. and one. Start thinking like it. Start acting like it. And start playing like it. Start playing like it. Nagy, will you, my, for God's sakes, will you let this offense go? Or give it to somebody else to call. Give it to Lazor. Give it to DiFilippo. Give it to somebody over there that knows what the hell they're doing. Obviously, you don't because your last day, your last year at Kansas City, what you did in that playoff game against the Tennessee Titans, who had no business even being in the playoffs, you're winning twenty nothing, and you lose the game. You don't score another point in the second half. You come over here, and we're dead last almost every year, almost in every category, folks. If you think I'm kidding, look up the NFL stats and see where the Bears' offense were last year and where they are this year. It's the same damn story. Dink, dunk, dink, dunk. Don't convert on third down. Punt. Pray to God our defense holds them and we make a turnover. Is that not what's been happening, gentlemen? David, John, Don, Edwin, we'll get to you after the news, which is right now. 312-981-7200-720 WGN. Bears are 5-1. Hey, you know, the more you play, the more you're with these guys, the more you grind out these wins and we get to know each other. I'm excited, but I think I'm just excited because I I felt like we got a little bit better. I feel like we're figuring out who we want to be, and that excites me. Uh, I think the conversations after the game in the locker room juiced me up and got me excited uh, because we're not just sitting there happy with winning. And that excites me about this. So reasons for optimism. And this one probably doesn't matter. But Nick Foles' press conference after the win on Sunday, he said more in one press conference than Mitchell Trubisky has said in his entire life, certainly as a Chicago Bear. That was so refreshing to hear a quarterback with actual thoughts and a perspective, a perspective, a fire, Experience a, and all of it. It's like okay, this is and like the, and him battling it out with Nagy on the sidelines. Not, I wouldn't even call it battling out; just making his point. Like, can we please stay in the no huddle? I'm very good in the no huddle. This works. Our our offense gets some rhythm. Let him kill plays. Let him run the offense and not have to stop the game to run in. You know his uh, personnel grouping so he can run his little uh, design play f- where somebody across the NFL will go, "Wow, look at that!" No, it's about performance what do you do on actual game day not by design but by performance so let's get to the uh to the callers to the callers and see if they can perform get to the callers carmen 312-981-7200-737-720-WGN-WITH-YOU-TILL-10-ADAM-HOGAN-8-30-KAZ-AT-9-DAVID-THANK-YOU-FOR-BEING-PATIENT-GO-AHEAD-MY-FRIEND-O
that that come with that. And here's my concern is in the fourth quarter of the game on Sunday, it was under two minutes to go in the game. I think on the first down, I think Montgomery ran for seven yards, I think. Almost eight. Um, yeah. And then so now I'm thinking, okay, we got two or three. Okay, we got two downs to get three yards. And, of course, we didn't get it. On the same scenario, I'm watching the Sunday night game. The 49ers were in the same spot, third and seven. Rams had one timeout. They end up picking up their first down. Is it play calling? Is it uh, execution by the players? It seems to me a coach should have a big time call. You know, for a, you know, like to end the game like that. It's just is it the play calling or are we just not executing? I'll take your answers, guys. Thanks, David. Uh, I would say it's both, but go ahead. What do you got? Well, it's a combination of all of the above. And as, as Nick Foles so aptly put at, uh, into that bumper that we just played, they're still trying to figure out what they are, what they're capable of, things that they can do when they have to do it. And right now, it's obvious that Matt Nagy, you know, second and two, and he throws the ball, incomplete, stops the clock, and then third and two throws the ball, stops the clock and turns the ball back over. And those are things that in Coaching 101, there's like three chapters. In the beginning of the book, you don't do that. And yet we persist in these bizarre play calls that invariably put us in situations where now, you know, the next day and, you know, the rest of the week, you've got to answer for it. But what made him think, that he's going to be smarter than everyone else. They're expecting to run, so I'm going to throw the ball. We're not good enough. You know, the ball, and you can say, you know, Robinson dropped the one on third down. It, it, all these different things go into the, 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 the potpourri of the offense, and it's been dysfunctional. But as Foles said after the game, he he recognizes the fact that they've got a lot of issues. And yet, he's very optimistic. He's very upbeat. And he thinks the the best is yet to come, and they're going to get better. They're going to improve. They will be able to to garner those first downs in those situations. But right now, you know, it's like we're, we're throwing things against the wall, hoping they work, rather than saying, hey, Put your tighten your damn chin strap and let's knock somebody off the ball and let's get three yards and get a first down and end this thing. But right now, obviously, Nagy doesn't have confidence. Hey, David, you, the one thing here <clears throat> that that Nick Foles he's been there, he's been to a Super Bowl and he won a Super Bowl and he he beat probably one of the greatest quarterbacks that certainly will go down if not the best in 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 Brady. And he beat him in a Super Bowl. So he's been there. He's gone through the process. And so what I'm going to say to you is that he sees, he knows they've got one half of this team that's a Super Bowl champion. We've got a defense that we can be, we can win a championship with. We can be the best on planet Earth. We can be the world champion. He knows that. He sees it. He knows now. Even before we were five and one, when we were three and all, et cetera. Cause he sees, he knows there's a defense that can take him there. So what Foles sees is an, an open road ahead of him. And all he's got to do is get us down the road. But he's got to have somebody, 
you know, hey, be care of the right hand right hand turn up here. Watch out. There's a tree in the middle of the road or whatever. So far, our coaching staff, in my opinion, has not delivered. They have not delivered. Why am I saying that? We are five and one, but we won on last second plays, playing against some of the worst teams in the National Football League. But Foles knows what he's got. I'll guarantee you he knows. And all he wants to do, and because you've seen him go to the sidelines, like Mark said, and sit and, and talk, and it looks like there's a little, you know, little discomfort between him and Nagy. Folds wants to move down the field. He knows how to win. He knows how to win a, a world championship. And that's what I think he's trying to do. And again, why? Because he knows what the hell the other half of that football team is doing. They can win a Super Bowl. All they got to do is pick it up on offense and open it up. It's our world champion, OB63, Super Bowl champion sitting to my left, Hampo. It's you, John, and Streamwood on 720 WGN. Go ahead. Hi, guys. Uh, what did you think of that? pass interference call that gave Carolina first down on the first one yard line. B.S. You, when you got it was a horrible call I thought and when you guys were playing did a bad call bother you for a while or did you try to put it out of your mind? No you attacked the referee. <laughs> <laughs> you called him everything you could think of. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you did. You gutless man. Yeah. Hey, let me let me tell you this real quick. There was two calls that were very in, in, instructive and insightful. The one you're talking about, Jalen Johnson played the ball, and I can't remember who was doing color, but to their credit, they pointed it out. They said this was that that is a. a a, a, a play sequence that you as a defensive back coach can put on the you know projector or on tape now and say this is exactly how you have to play it it was brilliant and unfortunately we got a, a, a horrible call a bump call and yeah you get upset and you let out with you know a, a couple of uh, you know in, in a very uh, instructive words but l- later in the game, Fuller made such a great break and yep. kicked the ball up uh, on that one play where we got the interception that was called back. He was there just a nanosecond early. But again, rather than getting off of the receiver, Jalen Johnson had his head around and was battling for the ball. It was an aggressive play. Unfortunately, he got a bad call. Fuller, it was an aggressive play. Unfortunately, he. I'm telling you, this kid, he is vicious on his breaks on the ball and now tackling he i'm telling you kyle fuller is playing better than any corner i've seen in a long time and how about the tackle on teddy oh yeah unbelievable at the goal line yeah i mean that uh, offensive coordinators with teddy bridgewater will say we'll take that every day of the week quarterback one-on-one at the two-yard line and yet fuller made the tackle for no gain so it was a horrible call on Jalen Johnson. The one on Fuller, it, yeah, it was, it was, it was a, a PI. But you know what? He was doing it 100 miles an hour. And guess what? I'll take that to the bank all day. Three one two nine eight one seventy two hundred. Got two minute timeout, or we'll get to Don in California and Edwin in Texas, Patrick in Rolling Meadows, 
And, uh, yes, Adam Hogue coming up at 8.30. A lot to cover here. We haven't even gotten to the flea flicker. I loved the flea flicker. That was that was sheer brilliance. I, I, I'm looking forward to that. And the first offensive possession, that was another piece of beauty in Chicago Bears time. But it all worked out, baby, 5-1 and one on 720 WGN. That's prefense. We're 5-1 and one right now, and we're not playing well offensively. So when we do get this thing up and running, which we will, it's going to be fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. And so that that's the goal. We know, we understand where our warts are on offense, and we get that, and we're going to keep working on it. Um, but we're going, to, we're going to continue to stay positive as we do this because of uh, where we know we're at and where we're going. You got to give him the confidence award. He believes, man. They can look as bad as you can possibly look at times. Matt Nagy is going to... Keep that head up and believe it's going to click. And I, hey, you got to have that yeah, attitude. And, and I'm proud to say that, that optimism is so much better than pessimism. But he, you know, Nagy can only do certain things and call plays. But when Anthony Miller catches the ball and tries to make a cute move and come backwards and not get the first down on third down, that's not his fault. That's on Miller, you know. And it's trying to drop and lose yardage and try to make a play and they they you know basically stopping short. So again, it goes back to the details, and we still got you know auditions at left guard. So they've got they've got some issues. And 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 again, you know we think left guards the problem. No, it's the guy to his left, Leno, eight million a year, and he's a turnstile. Danny, Let's get back to the phone. That whole offensive line is basically, they've only played one game, to, to my knowledge, so far. You talk about underperforming and why. Just look at the yardage on a, on a running play. How many times we run the ball and the yardage we get. And, and Montgomery's a pretty good back. I mean, this kid's a tough kid. He fights for every inch, like every it. yard. I like him a lot, too. And they've got to get him the ball more, be a little more creative. And they, 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 something's got to be done with that offensive line. This Castillo... Uh, the way Nagy talked about him coming in, that uh, that he walked on water. Well, <clears throat> yeah, but there's not a lot of talent on that offensive line. Are you sticking with Coward? Or are you going with Alex Barr's offensive line? Talk is well. Uh, hey, you got who's who's running? Pace is the general manager, right? And right. we got our scouts, and you got Nagy's the head coach. I, I, I mean, to tell me you can't find one offensive lineman I, I, in the United States of America. Absolutely. I think pointing the finger at pace is fair. I'm just saying for the for the coaches, I mean, there's not exactly – I mean, Rashad Coward is a converted defensive lineman who – He's a project. Right. And and Alex Bars is a, a rotational veteran who a can't – project. Who, who, can't, who can't play. I, I mean, I don't know I don't know exactly what uh, the solution here is, but you, you would think if you hang in here, you're going to – you'd be very active in trying to make a trade, I would think. Yeah, well, and guess what? We've got Aaron Donald licking yep. his chops. Yeah, yeah, well, Sunday, or Monday night, rather. Uh, Don in California, welcome to WGN Hampton OB, right here for you. Go ahead. Hey, guys, uh, good evening. Uh, Hamp OB, great to, great to be on your show, Carm. Good to, to hear you, too. Hey, I want to go back to Nagy. Go back to Nagy because it'll be interesting to me, um, Hamp and OB, to get your, your uh, input on how many times in your career have you had a head coach like Nagy be responsible to call the plays for the offense? And the reason why I'm asking that is I'm sick and tired of getting the same kind of results from Nagy that we see week after week after week. He gets on this press conference on Tuesday yesterday, 
uh, excuse me, Monday, and they, they, they asked him a bunch of questions around, you know, why did you do this? Why did you do that? For example, you know, on the, uh, on the last play of the drive when it was third and two or third and three, and instead of running the ball, the, the Carolina would have uh, had to use their last time out. Instead, he throws a pass. And it's just interesting to me because we, we talk about Foles, and I'm grateful that he's back in, 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 in the quarterback slot there. But if you look at the plays that he's called for Foles, it's the same plays that he's called for Trubisky. So what would be interesting to me is getting your perspective on from your career, from little you know little guys on. What kind? How many times did you see a head coach like that be responsible to call the plays on offense? Well, thanks, Don. Yeah, Don. I tell you, that's. Uh... As a matter of fact, I think they should hire you, Don, and bring you over here because that's pretty intelligent thing. What you noticed and what you just talked about, and I and I happen to agree. I I, I don't understand this Nagy's philosophy, and I and and about put as as I don't understand his philosophy about putting a game plan together because what I see the last two three years. I don't see a lot coming from him. It's a whole lot of the same thing over and over and over and over again. You know what we do? Tight ends. How about this in our passing game, Don? We do not use our tight ends. We do not use our tight ends, except when it's third down and one on the one-yard line going in for touchdown, and then they'll throw it wide out to one of the tight ends. They don't use them down the seam. They don't use them in in skinny post patterns or corner patterns like other teams. You see what they do when with their tight ends? With Kelsey, you see him down the field. You see them all going down the field. Do you see our tight, tight ends going down the field? Do you see them in crossing patterns? Do you see them in deep outs? Oh, all you see them is in two and three outs. Dink and dunk, dink and dunk. Well, he had the miracle to Cole Komet. That was a moment in time. That happened. It was the impressive. First, the, the first touchdown of the game, which I don't know how I don't know how they got there. Actually, I do know how they got there. I have been painstaking well, that, detail. The guy, Nick Foles. That's why it got there. Yeah. Okay. That's not a mystery. Well, but actually, it was an interception return to the eight. Is this? We've got to get our tight ends done involved in a football game if we're going to convert on third down, in which we do not convert on third down. Everybody knows it. It's right in front of you. Three and out. Three and out. Three and out. That's all you hear. Well, as far as I'm concerned, that's what I was trying to say at the top of the show. Okay, we've seen we've seen what Nagy and his bevy of offensive coordinators have come up with. Now, I think it's imperative that Foles has to become almost the arbiter and say, "This is good. That's bad. This agree, is good. Dan. We'll do this. We'll do that." Instead of just lining up like fools and going off the cliff. Foles has the gravitas to be able to say, this ain't going to work, that ain't going to I'll never forget Lou Holtz talking about why he quit You know, when he was coaching the Jets. Because he called a play, and Joe Namath basically said out loud in the film room, there ain't no way in hell that's going to work. And everybody laughed. But guess who was right? Joe Namath. That's, 
I would think at least the main reason why Nick Foles has been there. They knew they needed a little help, a little veteran leadership. We'll get use him. To, use him. Fair enough. Uh, eight o'clock news coming on up here. Your calls, and then Adam Hogue at eight thirty. Bears are five and one. So. That was a hell of a call, Don. Thanks, Don. Seven twenty WGN. I mean, each game is its own entity. I, you know, re- studying this defense, I think they're number one and not giving up um, explosive plays. If they're not number one, they're up there in the top. So the reason is they play a lot of zone. So it's hard to hit those deep plays. Um, you know, there was a couple of times we tried to, it didn't work out. Um, but that's something we got to keep working on. We got to be able to get those big chug plays. Um, we got a few, but we got to get more. And I think they're going to come. Once again, being able to figure out how to win is great because now we can, hey, we won, but hey, let's get better. Let's try to get some bigger plays. Let's get our playmakers out there. Let them do the thing downfield. That'll open up the box, help us run the ball, and then we just continue to improve as an offense. Amazing to hear what he said. We need bigger plays. Well, they do. They do, they do, they do. He's right. That is your quarterback, Nick Foles, who's thrown now for 878 yards, OB. Wouldn't it be nice to hear our offensive coach, our our game caller, our head coach say those words? He's saying the same things. He's just... Uh, but here is the problem, folks. In what language? Rather than give Foles a dictate where he has a certain play with certain order of progression where you go to the Y, then you come... If that's covered, then you go... Let Nick Foles dictate which plays he wants to, to run. And let him run the progression. He's a streaky passer. He had eight straight at one point in the game. Then he had six straight in one point in the game. He knows what he's doing. Let him make decisions. I was going to ask you about that. Like, who do you... That's the whole thing. Somebody's open on every play. It's just if you got him looking at the wrong progression, you know, this guy, that guy, that... You've got to be able to trust the quarterback. Like, what do you make of the streakiness, though? What is, what is that? How does that work? He's a rhythm passer, and okay. when he gets into a certain zone, he has a feel, and he it's reading the safeties whether or not it's man or zone. Will and, you and streak to the callers, please? Streaking to the callers, Ob. Thank you. Streak, streaking. Let's. Uh, that's that was one of your best right there. I got to tell you, I'm impressed. Edwin, Texas. Welcome to WGN. Thank you for your patience. Oh, Go ahead. Oh, you're welcome. Hey, very excited to be on the show. First time caller. Love y'all show. Y'all keep telling the truth. Uh, like to present before I ask my question. If it's okay with you guys, I just like to prevent, present some short uh, numbers, some short disturbing numbers here. If it's okay with you guys, your show, Edwin. Go ahead. Okay. So Matt Nagy to me is our biggest problem. He's coached 38 <laughs> games. 2018, offensive rank 21st, 2019, 24th, and 2020, an abysmal 28th. You stealing from Obi's so, notebook here, Edwin. Keep going. Go, go ahead. So the, my question is, how on God's green earth are we supposed to win a Super Bowl with this high school incompetency-style offensive football I, I just don't get it thank you edwin you use ob's god's green earth too this is uh is that a you could be related to edwin there ob well what i just said i i think is part of the hidden you know aspect of the offense you've got to be in a position where you trust the quarterback 
He's the one out there making the split second decisions on where the ball has to go. You don't need to, you know, pollute his mind with a certain progression that you draw up on a chalkboard. Let him design and, and, and be comfortable with what plays you are going to be calling and let him, you know, wing it. Let him go. Let me just say one thing here before you go, Obi. Matt Nagy's record is 25-13 and 13 in the regular season. There's been one playoff game, as we all remember, which was nauseating there. He's 25-14. and 14. Good. You take him as your head coach. I'll take Bill Belichick. Okay? Is that uh, – I will make – I will not – Okay, loudmouth. 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 You heard what I said. Okay. I mean, I'm just giving the rec- – <laughs> It's the first time I've been called a loudmouth on the show. <laughs> the guy had he's, he's he how's this? He's not the worst head coach in the history of the Bears. Would you agree with that, Obi? No, he's doing a great job as being the head coach and getting a lot of assistance from you know what the best defense, one of the five best defenses on on God's Good. green earth. If Mark, if we didn't have this defense, if Vic Fangio didn't put this defense together, where do you think we'd be? In the toilet, OB. I'm with you. Uh, there you go. I got you. There you uh, go. Uh, but Edwin's point is exactly right. We've got something has to break. Something has to happen to where we can bust through because what's going you, on right Danny, now it, I ain't, can, it ain't working. The, what's got to happen is Nick Foles. And That's it. He thing, has he's to not assume. Af- he's not afraid to take on Nagy yep. from what I can ascertain and what I see. And I'll tell you what, who knows where it's going to go. But I don't think Nick Foles is going to sit here and with this dink and dunk week after week after week when he knows we we got a defense, he knows it's a short season, you know you only have so many years to play this game and you play to be a world champion. Foles understands that. And I'll tell you what, if if this goes keeps going on with the offense, watch and see. Mark my words, gentlemen. They're going to come head-to-head. Nagy and Foles. By the way, we're going to nickname this offense instead of Dink and Dunk. It's Stink and Stunk. Let's go to the next call. And we'll, we'll get to Patrick, Andy, Brian, and Josh after a two-minute timeout, 720 WGN. We really believe, I do, I believe that, that there's something special here with these players and something special with the coaches. And even though it's not, you know, that fantasy world everybody wants on offense, it's not that. And, and what it is is it's winning. It's winning football. You know what I mean? And that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool when you think about it. So we're going we're gonna to keep doing everything we can to win. This culture here right now, I wish you all could have been on the plane with us flying home last night, man. We were rocking and rolling, you know? It's like we're so fired up right now. Uh, it's a great feeling, and uh, you just it's, it's pretty cool. He is so adorable. I wish we could all be on the plane together and see how awesome this is. I mean, that is just, come on, Hampo. You, 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 you want to be on that plane, don't you? Go to the callers. I like five and one. <laughs> five and one, baby. I wish you all could be together. That's I, why we're here. I, hey, this is fifteen and one would sound better. This is I. Hey, I'm feeling it. It's we're about winning. Five and one. Let's go. Hey, Patrick, Rolling Meadows. Welcome to WGN hey. Super Bowl. Say it. Go ahead. You guys are awesome. Thanks, Rob. Uh, yeah, I'm just sick of our receivers just sucking. Uh, I mean, you, you know, the last three, four quarterbacks we've had nail our receivers in the hands, in the numbers, left and right, and the guy's dropping the ball. And it's just getting ridiculous. I mean, I feel sorry for Nick. You know, he's an awesome quarterback. Nailing these guys right in their hands, and they're dropping the ball. Come on. It's, it's like, Patrick, you do. Aren't you getting paid good money? 
Aren't they getting, are they not paying good money to the receivers? Do they need to get better receivers? Like, what's wrong here? Is it just me? You know, I mean, what was his, Cutler, yeah. Cutler always would get blamed for Cutler's terrible game. He, he was a great quarterback. Well, not a great quarterback, but the guy nailed the guy left and right. And all you hear about, oh, Cutler this, Cutler that. I was like, really? If your receivers can't catch a ball, you really can't. Like you said, if we didn't have our defense intercepting balls last game, we would have probably lost. Well, no, we wouldn't have lost. But still, it's ridiculous that our defense is awesome and our offense sucks. And the quarterback, like you said, is not being like like you said, he's a freaking Super Bowl quarterback. Give him some free reign. Let him make the calls. Let him, like you said. Let them look at an open field and see who's open instead of going for these stupid, stupid routes. We got you, Patrick. We got you. Appreciate it, my friend. No, like Patrick, he's uh, he's frustrated, and and you know there's there's a kind of a dynamic going on. We know Allen Robinson is a very good receiver. Is he an elite number one? Maybe not. Step but, down, but right there. But the number two position is up for grabs. The rookie Darnell Moody, Mooney is is trying and pretty much has supplanted Anthony Miller, and then you got Ridley and you got Wims and and everybody is kind of you know splitting time. We again, you got to find a couple of guys, and and that's with Stephon Diggs. You know, it, it, you, Minnesota will never admit it. But losing him has almost crippled them in a lot of ways. And their offense, on occasion, it, it kind of kicks it. But most of the time, they need that second guy. We haven't been able to identify a bona fide number two. We've got a bunch of guys trying to um, to earn that spot. But, again, it, it, it's all about rhythm with this offense and the quarterback knowing exactly how the receivers are going to play the coverage and you know we're not we don't have receivers that are running wide open we don't somehow we schematically we we're not able to you know run picks and and crossers and things that you like ob where guys are running wide open somehow some way all of our receivers seem to have somebody on their hip then it comes down to Foles making a perfect throw and sometimes the receivers aren't coming through with the catch. The only thing, Patrick, that I can tell you, and I've been saying this for an awful long time, we do not utilize the tight end. And if you look at basically the other 31 teams in the National Football League, and pretty much to every one of the 31, they use, they utilize their tight ends in the passing game, not just to come in there and block, et cetera, or be a decoy or whatever. They fully utilize them. Why? Most of them six four, five, six, 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 seven. They're around that two twenty five to two fifty, two sixty mark, and they can run. And I'm going to tell you something: to utilize utilize those guys up against safeties that are six foot, five eleven, six one, maybe that weigh two ten, one ninety eight, you know, two eighteen, something like that. Take advantage of it. When do you see us take advantage? When do you see a tight end try to split a seam in the zone? When do you see him do a deep out, a shallow 
uh, cover pattern over the middle. All you see him is do six-yard hooks and six-yard, five-yard flare-outs to the flat. That's not how you utilize a tight end, and that's exactly what we do. That's exact. I'll say it again. We do not use the tight end down the field to split zones and to go deep. Just watch Kansas City. Watch the 49ers. Watch them utilize their tight ends in their passing game. And you know what? That opens up everything else. Because somebody's got to be accountable for a guy that's 6'5 and 235 and can run, and he's coming down the field at you. A lot of the uh, the problem is we, we're not running the ball well enough to get the safeties involved stopping the run. They're playing pass. So a couple of things have to happen to, to force the safeties into the box on occasion, and then you can have a better chance of getting people running wide open. Well, Danny, the two things again, and I'll, and I'll stay by what I said in the opening of the show. Two things with our offense. We don't convert on third down. And we can't run the football. Uh, I'll risk uh, the the loudmouth uh, take right here. The one thing they have done this year that's di- been different: they have used Jimmy Graham in the red zone. Yep. N- not not down the seam like you're talking about, Ob. But they have used they they, they I, that, they've I, schemed that well. Yeah, I understand that, Mark, and and and, and rightfully so. That's yeah. fine. But my God, there's other things that a tight end can do. Sure. And, and the proof is in the pudding. Just look at the other teams. Look and see how they utilize their tight ends. It's a it's a it's a huge weapon to have. Well, here, it's eighty yards before you get in the red zone. So who okay. do you, who do you think should get more snaps between Komet and Jimmy Graham right now? You're going to see Komet get more. Komet, you think Komet, so? Komet is fast, and he, and when you're fast and and you you've got that he's got that youth on the side. You're fast. You can get separation. Yeah, that that's a real good. You can get the biggest thing for a receiver, no matter who he is or where he is or what he is. The biggest thing is. Number one, timing with the quarterback, but number two, separation. You got to get away from the defensive back. This kid's got the ability to do it. And you got to force the safeties into coverage on the tight ends to keep them off the wide out and being doubled. Absolutely, so, Dan. Yeah. Great point. 312-981-7200. Hampton OB till 10. Adam Ho coming up after 8.30. Josh and Joliet, go ahead. Yeah, hi. Um I, OB, this is for you. I have some points about what Nagy and Pace did in the offseason. They they got rid of the four coaches, and then they brought in these coaches, DiFilippo, Laser, and Castillo. Some of these guys have been fired twice. Okay, um, why would you bring these guys in here if, they're a bit, if they've been fired twice? And Nick Foles, he was 0-4-0-4 in Jacksonville. And then you bring him to Chicago. We'd be better off with Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Josh, thanks a lot. Patrick Mahomes was not available last offseason, so that's well, he was at one time. Well, that's true. What Josh was is talking about is the the coaches that Nagy's bringing in here. Am I correct in in that? Yes, and three out of the four were out of the league last year. Right, I understand that. Well, I, it's it's hard to give you an answer on that, Josh, because the guy doing it is Nagy, and I'm sure. Before he pulls the trigger on which coach he wants to bring in there, he's got to sit down and have a talk with Pace, our general manager. That's how I believe things might have to take. Because I don't think Nagy's going to bring in somebody in there and then and not tell Pace what he's doing. So I think that's how it works here with the Chicago Bears. And proof is in the pudding. Look at where we're at. And Look coach, at what you see. And coaches are we got hot. an offensive line that can't block. We got a, our passing game is dysfunctional. 
and, and unfortunately, part of the, the the backstory is if you've been out of the league for a year, the last thing you want to be is back out of the league. So everybody's scratching and clawing, trying to be you know heard, trying to assert themselves, trying to get into the kitchen and cook. And most offensive coordinators, they've got an ulterior motive. They don't want to be an offense. They want to be a head coach, just like Nagy. Nagy, you know, was put in that position in Kansas City and rode it to a head coaching position. They want the same thing. But unfortunately, it's dysfunctional. Nothing good has happened at this point in time in the season. Brian, real fast. We got like 30 seconds. Go ahead. Wow. Well, first OB, the original gridiron grinder to you, sir, and the Dynamo man. Hey, not for nothing. It's like this. Hungry, you can teach it, buy it, mimic it, or supplement it. You got to be it. The bears are hungry, fellas. That's just what it is. They're on the hunt. Montgomery, Montgomery's double hungry. He's got that angry face on when he's on the field. He's angry, hungry. And this is it, my friend. Let's just win the last game. Bam, baby. Love, Later. The, love the energy, Brian. Angry, hungry. That's, that's good. I well, mean, that's really, what you want. And, and you know what yes. Nagy's saying? Hey, you, you ought to be on the plane. We're rocking around. In, in other words, Everybody is buying in to the fact that the team has now become a winner. Now, that's that's great. But to ensure that you continue winning, a lot of improvement has to be made in certain areas. Well, what I what I think here, Brian, and what I see since they went to Nick Foles is that the way Nick Foles talk to, talks to his teammates on the field and when they come off the field, he's engaging he he gets in their ear, he gets in their face, and not only that, he gets in Nagy's face, and they have conversations. You know, it's not all you know, uh, peaches and cream. And I think this keeps going this way. The guy, the key guy on this team is Foles, because if these kids start believing in that guy, some really great things could happen in the back half of this season. Let's Amen. see what happens. Amen. Adam Hogue after the news here at eight thirty on seven twenty WGN. To be honest, the play wasn't even designed for him. We haven't thrown that route all week, and there was just something in my gut where I'm like, I'm going to pull this trigger right here. He's going to catch it. We're going to go, and that's football sometimes. They had a guy covering down um, on our running back, and they did a nice job with their coverage, pushing a guy over and playing a little lower, and, you know, Cole made a great play. There's a reason he's here. He can make those plays and go up and, you know, help us out. A lot of Nick Foles talk tonight, deservedly so here on Hampton OB, 720 WGN, with you till 10. Cos coming up after 9 o'clock, Adam Hogue, WGN Radio, NBC Sports Chicago, who's been writing about the Bears defense and Kyle Fuller's amazingness, joining us now. Hello, Adam. How are you? Why am I not hearing Adam Hogue? I'm not doing anything wrong here, for the record. It must be really amazing. I mean... We will try to reconnect. Oh, there he is. I think I just heard it. Yes, sir. Adam Hogue, did I hear you? Here. There you are. There you are. Hi, buddy. How are you guys? The Bears are 5-1. and one. <laughs> Hey, they're 5-1. and one. They scored in the third quarter. They got a kicker. They made a 55-yard field goal, which we needed every one of the three. What can go wrong? I might have right? to get a Santos jersey. <laughs> you know what? And no, it's not where you guys were going to leave, but 
there's a chance that the Cairo Santos thing is actually for real. You know, I like the, him. the guy was a, a really good kicker in Kansas City. In 2016, he was one of the best kickers in the NFL. And then he suffered a really bad groin injury that he struggled to get over. Uh, and if he's all the way back from that, he's still only 27 years old. Uh, this isn't. I mean, they kind of stumbled upon him because they need him and needed him in August. But you know, there, there's a chance that he could actually be a long-term solution. Give us the Adam Hogue, and that's. I love that that's on the table. It certainly has to make Matt Nagy and company incredibly happy that they might have lucked themselves into a kicker here. What was your biggest takeaway from Sunday, Adam? Uh, I said they got a big offensive line problem. They, they they just they just do and and I I know we can focus on the play calling and and um, you know there's, there's a number of issues on offense but to me the most glaring is that they uh, they just don't have a great offensive line the loss of James Daniels hurt I did not think Rashad Coward played well uh, in, in James Daniels' absence I'm surprised that they didn't stick with Alex Bars but it's not just that spot it's it's you know, across the line. I don't. I think some of it is that they can't quite execute what they're being asked to do, and so of course some of that goes back to scheme and coaching. But I also think uh, there's a pretty obvious talent issue there too. And and the thing that worries me about that is I don't know how they go about and fix it unless they pull off some big trade um, that somehow has a trickle down effect on the entire line, and they all just start playing better as as a unit. Well, it, it, it's. It's pretty obvious how important the offensive line is or the lack of good offensive line play in this offensive structure. Now, we know that Nagy came from Kansas City, Andy Reid. A lot of people watched Kansas City go in and run the ball down the throat of Buffalo last night. And and, and a kid named Nick Allegretti played down the street at Illinois. Great kid. He was playing left guard. He must have had 10 pancake blocks last night. His daddy, Carl, and I was texting back and forth. Troy Aikman made a big deal out of it. And this is a kid that was in the seventh round. I told Pace about him. And, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's hard to believe we don't have a single offensive lineman this year that I can say has knocked somebody off the line of scrimmage. And so all those things being said – did they all go bad at the same time? Or do you think that the new offensive line coach is having a hard time connecting with these this group of players? Well, it is it, it, it is somewhat hard to explain because I actually thought the first couple of weeks they were showing some progress. Um, now, what I find interesting, if we're going to we, – we talked a little bit about the talent there, but if we're going to talk a little bit about the scheme – if you think about the first couple of weeks when they were actually having success running the football, well, they had a different quarterback in there. And I don't think it's necessarily so much the quarterback making a difference as it is the way the offense was being run with that other quarterback, uh, with a, a lot more under center, less shotgun, a little bit more power. Um, not really the stuff that Nagy wants to run. So I, I don't know if it's entirely because of that, because they did lose who I thought was playing the best on their offensive line, and that's James Daniels, and that hurts, and it's going to take some time to overcome that. But, look, it's it's like a – we're going to look at it a pie chart. I mean, some of it's scheme. I think a lot of it is talent. I don't think a lot of it is the running back. I do like David Montgomery. But, yeah, I noticed last night. I mean, the Chiefs were struggling to run the football. Andy Reid came out and said, I'm going to run it 46 times, which he had never done in his entire career until last night. 
And part of it's because the Bills let them run that way because they're more worried about Patrick Mahomes. And the Bears don't have Patrick Mahomes. So they're going to be a one-dimensional attack. And I think that that's where the conversation kind of switches to the defense and how well they're playing because they're going to need them to play that well. Yeah, the Bills dropped seven guys last night. The Chiefs ran for, kind of amazingly, 198 yards without being touched last night, which is just straight yeah. That's just straight crazy. But here, what's your read on the Bears going into the hurry-up to mitigate their offensive line issues? I don't know if that helps at all or if they're just more effective because there's better rhythm there, but it seems like that's where the Bears' offense, at least right now, is by far their most effective. Well, look, that, I mean, that's the thing. You've got to do things to help your offensive line. Um, and that's an example that's worked. Now, not to – just to be clear, I mean, against the Bucks, they went legitimate hurry up, and then that's when we had that sequence where uh, Nick Foles wasn't happy because they, they stopped it and all that stuff happened. But last week, it wasn't so much hurry up as it was just not, it was just no huddle. You know, they, they – they didn't necessarily substitute, and that prevents the defense from substituting. And it wasn't necessarily run to the line and snap it, but it was still there was a pace to it, there was a rhythm to it, and that seemed to help the offensive line. Now, the problem with that is you can't do that the whole game because you want to be multiple in personnel too, and change and change up you you know what you're running out there. But that's an example of something that the Bears can do to help the situation a little bit. Adam Hogue with us here on 720 WGN. A reminder, the Bears are 5-1. and one. Uh, I, 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 Go ahead, Adam. Well, you know what? And, 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 it's, and it's good to be happy. It's good to be joyous when you win. And yet, at 5-1, and one, we talked early in the show about the fact that, obviously, the Bears aren't getting a lot of... of uh, uh, exactly. And we're six-and-a-half-point underdogs... Going out to uh, play the Rams, obviously the Rams were embarrassed. Uh, the, you know, th- this is not going to be easy. But it's, you know, our defense should hold up pretty well. But you're looking at a defensive line, Aaron Donald. Everybody, you know, makes a big deal out of him and his ability to get out to the quarterback. But Leonard Floyd actually making a play or two. How do you see the Bears' offense trying to spread their wings this week against the Rams? Well, what's interesting is that the 49ers had been having some problems, too, on their offensive line. And the Rams really didn't pressure Jimmy Garoppolo, who was basically out there on one leg with that ankle injury uh, that entire game on Sunday night. So I found that really interesting. I think the only two pressures they really had in the game, Aaron Donald had. So um, I don't know if that's realistic for the Bears to figure out. Last year, they had no answer for Aaron Donald, who came away with two sacks and two TFLs in that game against the Bears at the Coliseum. But two years ago, it's not like the Bears' offensive line was great. It was better than what they have now, but a lot of the guys were the same, and they did find a way to neutralize Aaron Donald. I think Cody Whitehair had a a lot to do with that that night. So – um, you know, I'm not ter- I'm, I'm scared of Aaron Donald. I'm not terribly scared of everybody else out there. It, it's a good, not great defense. I'd ra- I think the Bears' defense will be the best unit on the field on Monday night. And if they can come away with, they've been so close to scoring on defense. I mean, they've literally had touchdowns taken off the scoreboard because of some bad penalty uh, calls. Uh, 
uh, by the referees. And so if they get a touchdown like that in this game, I, I think this game could go towards the Bears, but I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I, I don't think we'll be talking next week about how the Bears' offense suddenly figured it out and scored a lot of points. I made a uh, a point early in the show about how well Kyle Fuller has been playing. Obviously, Mark Carmen uh, alluded to you noticing the same thing. But I'll tell you this, Jalen Johnson is playing some really, really good football for a rookie. And I made the point earlier that that interference call was the worst call I've seen all year. He was in perfect position. Yeah. Well, here, yeah, guys, and- Adam, here's, here's what's got to happen. Okay, the offense has to come of age sooner than later. I mean, it's enough already. We're going into the seventh game, what, the seventh game of the season? Seventh game of the season. And thank God for our off, for our defense. And, and if you continue, if you continue to put a gun to the defense's head, quarter after quarter, game after game, and offensively you're stumbling around, and finally some miracle or something happens with five seconds to go, and you eke out a win. You're not going to go to the next 10 games in the National Football League playing that way, Adam. They, you, know, they, they, you can't expect this defense to play at that, that unbelievable volume the way they're playing. They got the volume turned all the way up, and they're going after Sooner or later, that's going to get knocked down. And our offense has to step up. Enough is enough. I mean, the offense has to grow up, take care, and make things happen. You cannot put this defense time after time after time, game after game, put a gun to their head and hope and pray that they do something so we could win a game with a field goal or something at the end of the game. That's not how you play football in the National Football League. No, it, 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 they're all fair points because here's the thing. You know, I, look, the Bears are five and one. They deserve a lot of credit for, for winning five of the first six yeah, games. So and and there are some, yeah, there's a lot of good things going on. But I think the reason why there's still this sense of negativity is because you know the Bears made the playoffs two years. The Bears fans saw this. They had a good defense, and it got it, it, they just didn't have enough on offense that year, and they couldn't even get out of the first round, and they lost to Nick Foles in that game. And here's the thing about Nick Foles and why I think the Bears are living a little dangerously here. You know, Nick Foles is a good, not great quarterback, a quarterback you can win with when you surround him with playmakers, a good offensive line, and a running game. And I, they don't have all that right now. Like, what you can say, can Nick Foles win a Super Bowl with a good defense and an okay offense? Sure, but when he did that a couple years ago, when he was the Super Bowl MVP, do you guys remember what the strength of that offense was? It was their offensive line. They had an outstanding offensive line, the Eagles, that year they won the Super Bowl. And and it's falling apart now, and that's why the Eagles are bad at this point. And so that's where, yes, it's great the Bears are 5-1, and But it's also fair for all of us to also point out that, hey, there's a major problem here that needs to be fixed, or this is just going to be another wasted season where you have a Super Bowl-caliber defense and you can't really do any damage in January. Adam, hang on here. We've got a couple uh, other things we've got to cover with you before the top of the hour. Give us two minutes, all right? Sure. 720 WGN. Jeff Vukovic is ba- he's back in that WGN huddle. He knows the insurance biz. He prides himself in doing it right. 
Adam Hogue, you're ready. Nation. Nationwide is on your side. Check out JeffVook.com. Nationwide is indeed on your side. Adam Hogue with us till the top of the hour. Okay, here. Let's do the wide receiver snap count. Allen Robinson had 58 on Sunday. That's 88% of all plays. And Darnell Mooney and Anthony Miller both were out there for 44 uh, snaps. So they were out there two-thirds of the time, 67%. Corderell Patterson, 18%. He had 21 snaps. Javon Wims, 15 snaps for 20%. Ted Ginn was out there for four snaps, which is 5%. Uh, I'm wondering if we need to do something with Anthony Miller here, Adam Hogue. What do you think? Well, you know, you, you spend 10 days working on the details, right? I mean, that was the theme in between games. And then, you know, he catches that pass right at the line of scrimmage and jumps backwards and doesn't get the first down. I mean, and, and then he really wasn't involved. I mean, they threw the ball to him twice more on those little horizontal passes where he just runs out of bounds for a gain of one or two. And I'm wondering, you know, who else can you get involved here? And why aren't other players involved? You know, why why aren't there more snaps for Javon Wims? And why is Riley Ridley inactive every week? Are these guys just not good enough? Uh, or, you know, are they just trying so hard to get Anthony Miller involved? I mean, at some point, don't you have to show some accountability? Don't you have to try some other players out there? I think that's the big question. Uh, and... I think it's a fair question because right now Anthony Miller in his third season is not getting it done. He's definitely not a number two. And by the way, I know the snap counts were even this week, but if you go back to starting really in week two, Darnell Mooney has passed Anthony Miller in terms of snaps and is really the team's number two wide receiver. I love him. He Not only does he, you know, whatever, for the most part, catch the balls that are thrown to him, but when it's going to be an interception. This guy turns into a defender more than a lot of veteran wide receivers. I mean, he's been he's he saved at least two, maybe three interceptions. Am I? I'm, I'm trying to think of off the top of my head all of them back, but he's done that a bunch of times, which I thought has just been you know that's huge value right there. And, and by the way, the thing that they rave about with Darnell Mooney are the details. Like this kid came in right away. By the way, without a real offseason, meetings on Zoom. Uh, a, basically a 10-practice training camp, and he had the offense down. So I think that's the frustration with Anthony Miller in that the details still aren't there in year three, and yet you have this rookie come in right now, and, and they, they, apparent, they seem to trust him more already. And that's the way it looks to me. And as we let you go, uh, can we trust our play caller in the closing minutes of the game to do the proper things to run the clock out and not go crazy and try to throw the ball twice on third and two, or second and two and third and two, and stop the clock. I think until they have a running game where he can trust them to pick up two yards on the ground, you're going to see Matt Nagy continue to throw the football in those situations. And I know it's aggravating, but man, it, it you know talk about it, you know playing with a you know loaded gun. I mean that's crazy. And, and and again, you know, Dave Wanstead and I do Pro Football Weekly together, and he he's he said a million times they'd come to him on fourth and one or third and one. What do we do? What do we do? And he would say, if we can't make a yard, we ought to quit. So on second and two, don't you think you can make one yard and do it again on third down? But it's again, we we say this every week. It's like 
or play caller is trying to be, you know, move, two moves ahead and be the smartest guy. Well, I think all you have to do, guys, when you go when it's third and one, okay, and Tariq Cohn is is the ace backfield, and we hand off to him to bust up the middle to the zero or the one gap. Okay, kid that weighs that's five six and weighs what hundred and eighty pounds. Somebody's not thinking correctly there. Hey Adam. Yep. I don't have time to run down the entire first possession, which we're gonna do at some time before the end of the show. But when did you notice that on third down Jimmy Graham was either on the field or off the field four separate times? When you went back and looked at the tape, he was on, he was on the field. Then there was a timeout. Then he was off the field. Then there was a delay of game, and he was he was back off the field. Then he was back on the field after Carolina called timeout. Then he was off the field at the end. And when Cole yeah. came, it, it was unbelievable. <laughs> I I don't know. Well, go ahead. They've changed the play, and obviously one you know the play had. And then didn't until he was off. Yeah, I know. I feel like Terry Bevington. Short on time here. But the first defensive possession was so good. I mean, those four guys on the line of scrimmage, and it really looked more like a 4-3 defense. They were in their nickel package, but they basically had Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, Akeem Hicks, uh, and Bilal Nichols out there. They're running stunts. I mean, it. they, they came out. They set the tone. That was amazing defense. And then the offense took the field after 10 days of working on the details, and they couldn't line up correctly. They had to call timeout. Then they had to delay a game out of timeout. It's uh, that night and day right there. That's all. That sequence right there, that right. start of the game, is what it is the Bears in a nutshell right now. Well said. Adam, we'll talk to you next Tuesday, all right? All right, guys. Have a good week. Adam Hogue with us here on 720 WG. And, yes, Opie, go ahead. we got a minute. Yeah, I just like uh... – personal note here to uh back to uh a guy i played high school football with at proviso which now is proviso east in maywood i got a good call from chuck dressander and chuck mcdonald and called me you know the herald passed away i'm going to tell you what they were a year ahead of me uh in high school and we i think we won or we tied the for the suburban league championship that year and Harold Kuzwara was our big running back, and Chuck Dressender was the halfback. But Harold Kuzwara was, i tell you what, I never saw a guy give so much at that level. And he was a big guy. I think Harold was roughly somewhere around 6'1", 6'2", something like that. And I think he weighed 230, between 230 and 240 in high school. And boy, would he plow, could he go. But was more important. He married a beautiful lady in Lydia. They have a great family, and he just passed away. Harold Reds Kuzwara. God love you. God love you, my friend. And thank Chuck Dressander and Chuck McDonald for letting me know. He was a hell of a man. God bless him. Thanks for saying that, OB, and uh, RIP indeed. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think. like you, you had to have your most fun on the football field, I would think, playing for the Bears and then at the U of I, but there's something special about high school football, right? A young OB running around out there? Come well, on. Yeah, well, it was, uh, I'll tell you, Suburban League was a tough league, uh, you know, at that particular time. And I was I was one of the fortunate few, like uh, Dick Butkus. I, I played here in high school, went to the University of Illinois, and played for the Chicago Bears. And I don't think 
if you want to be a football player in Illinois, I don't think it gets much better than that. And I thank the good Lord for that opportunity. Saw the opportunity, and thank God I made the best of that opportunity. And But again, my heart goes out to Harold and his wife Lydia. God, I love that kid. He was really great. Did you guys win a state title? I think mythically there was there was no state champion at the time, but there was always like the mythical state champion. Okay. And I think that we tied for the mythical mythical state championship with Evanston. I'm going to officially call that real on this date, October the 20th, 2020. I believe that's what happened that year. We quote we tied with Evanston for a state championship. Could be wrong, but I I, I you know yeah. I, I don't think so. No, we're making it official right now. State title. Okay, the, kiddo. There you go. All right, let's get a check in news. Kaz is coming back uh, with us after nine o'clock, seven twenty WGN. The exciting part is being five and one. I think we're all pretty excited about that. It's a pretty good feeling. Uh, when you go back and watch the tape, you realize you know offensively start there. Um, scored on three of the four possessions in the first half. And then the second half, we had two 10-play drives. We had a, a scoring drives. took up four minutes, both of them, for a touchdown and a field goal. Uh, that was the good part the, as far as the, the part where we can be better is a third and three um, that we didn't convert, and then the third and two at the end of the game to, to close the game out. On both that third and three and that third and two, the Bears chose to throw the football. Did not work out. Put themselves in peril, but it, of course it worked out. Mark, uh, yes, Obi. Correct me if I'm wrong here, you Dan. Didn't uh, Carolina their first four possessions? They started inside their own ten yard line. Am I correct in that? Their first first four possessions they started inside their own ten yard line. Hang on a second, Obi. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna double check your work on that one. Sounds about right. They. The first play of the game, they were first and 10 at the Carolina 10. Second time they got the ball, they were first and 10 at, their, at the 25. So, no. 25-yard line on their second possession. But, to your point, Pat O'Donnell is not getting enough credit. I, I brought him up last week. That dude is a great punter. I mean, he is a weapon. Kicking game's doing great. We just got to get a punt returner. Ted yeah. Ginn still wants <laughs> to run to the sideline. <laughs> Ted Ginn is, might be my favorite bear. Yeah. He, he's just he is just straight chilling out there. He's the cowardly lion. <laughs> we got power, problems with a Quinn and again. <laughs> <laughs> Let's bring Kaz in here, who is uh, with us on his own show. Glenn Kozlowski, welcome to our five and one festivities from uh, I believe you're in Idaho tonight, huh, Kazi? Yes, I am. Beautiful Idaho, Boise. Beautiful, uh, beautiful part of the country, to say the least. Um, so, you know, I'm here. Well, <laughs> That's did, all. well, did you uh, check and see with Boise State, they throw it on second and two and third and two? <laughs> uh, no, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, I mean, Dan, I was, for the first time I got to watch, fully get to watch the game on television, you know, normally I have to figure out how to get the game and everything else and go to different places to watch it. But this week I got to watch it, and I was going absolutely nuts at the end of the game. You know, six minutes to go. We uh, run the ball first down, run it on second down, run it on third down, get a first down, and then we uh, throw the ball. And then we run it, and then we throw it again and punt it away. 
And I'm just, uh, I'm, it's driving me crazy because I'm thinking, uh, you know, you can't do these kind of things and continue to win. I am thrilled the Bears are 5-1, and one, and I'm, look, I, I think we're going to beat the Rams if our head coach doesn't put us in, in uh, goofy situations where he's making goofy calls. I, I, it just doesn't make any sense. At some point, you got to quit trying to throw the ball, and you got to just run it. And what made it so bizarre was, They'd gotten a first down. They'd run the ball three times, got a first down, six minutes left. You would think, worst case, if you run it three more times, right, Ed, do the math, you're, you knocked off another two minutes before you punt the ball away. I, I just don't get where this clown's coming from on things like that, and it drives me nuts. I, you know, I'm going to give them credit. Like I said, they're 5-1, and one, um, and I'm thrilled that the Bears are 5-1, and one. but it's going to catch up to you eventually um, when you keep put. you know, really the head coach's job or the offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator's job, guys, is to basically put their players in the best position to win the game. That's it. Nothing more. You don't have to be the smartest guy in the room. You don't have to be the smartest play caller in the world. Put your guys in a position to win. Do what you do well pound it at the end of the game because that's how you win championships. I mean, really, you, you can't throw the ball late in the game. you got to run the ball and you got to be able to get first downs. And they actually did it on the first series and then they went away from it. I, I don't know. I, I don't even know what to say about it. It's, uh, you know, luckily the defense was out there. Carolina isn't uh, very good, but nobody in the NFL is good. So I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm excited about the Bears' opportunities. Uh, they really, I mean, at 5-1, and one, they're going to get to the playoffs, but eventually they're going to have to run the football, and they've got to play smarter on offense. And I wish Nagy would wake up and realize that, you know, it might be time to let somebody else call the offense. And he just managed the game because he does miss calls where I think he could have challenged a couple of times and probably won last week, too, again. He just, I mean, he's, uh, I don't get it. I don't know what he's doing. But they are 5-1, and one, so we can't really complain about it, right? Well, not, not only that, but he called a flea flicker, which is uh, one of your oh. favorites. Oh, I mean, look, I'm all for I'm all for <laughs> trick plays, you know, at the appropriate times. But I, I just, for the life of me, you have a really good defense, and you're going to wear them out over the course of uh, an entire season. And then when you get into the playoffs, they're not going to be there. They're going to need the offense to grind out two or three first downs at the end of the game to win a game. And we saw it with Philadelphia when, uh, you know, uh, our quarterback was on the Eagles. He went right down the field at the end and beat us. So that's my fear. I, I, look, the Bears are uh, in, in great position. You saw Green Bay get whipped by Tampa Bay. I, like I said, I'm not afraid of anybody right now. It's a bad league across the board. Well, um, and if you get injuries, um, you're done. That's how it works. On, the, on the, pretty much the the latter part of the basically almost two thirds of the season to go, we're talking about ten games. Well, when you look at it, I'm going to tell you what, Glenn. You're playing Houston. They're one and five. One game. We play Jacksonville. They're one and five. They're terrible. We play the right. Vikings twice. They're one and five. We play the Lions. They're two and three. I mean, so we've got a phenomenal shot at getting into the playoffs. 
And I, I can't see us. We we can't go that you far south on the, on this basically almost the backside of the schedule. It's this it's it's falling out. The schedule's falling out way in favor of the Bears. I mean I mean you I mean you're playing three one and five teams and the Lions a two and three team. Uh, you know, and you played the Falcons. I forgot they're one and five. So yeah, I mean, they, you, they you can't make this stuff schedule. up. I mean, and and I'm I'm telling you, I looked at the Rams and they weren't anything special either. Um, so yeah, they they only have a good defensive player, but uh, you know he shows up sometimes. Sometimes he doesn't. Um, to throw they have the a ball. nice cornerback, but literally, I, I'm not afraid of the Rams. Uh, this is a team that the Bears could beat. They the can beat New Orleans, too, Glenn. I know. New Orleans is, I mean, New Orleans, they're a shell of what they were before. I don't even know who, you know, I mean, they're they're not very good right now. They're just not. They're so. being sold. Kazi, hang in there. We'll take some calls with you coming on back here. 312-981-7200. Andy from Dallas, I promise you, you'll be first up here after a very quick timeout on 720 WGN. Yeah, I think, you know, right now in the locker room, yeah, Jimmy came up to me and just, you know, congratulated me and just, he's like, you know, be ready for more to come and all that. So um, I kind of took a time there. That was pretty cool. So, um, but yeah, just kind of crazy right now that that actually happened. And, you know, it, it was pretty awesome. It's Cole Komet. Second catch of his career. Touchdown against Carolina. He'll never forget it. His first touchdown. And guess what? Phenomenal catch. Phenomenal throw, too. Yeah. I, I'm really little bit of luck there, right? Anybody think that that was a I, uh, I don't think so. I think Nick Foles has proved that before that he can make those throws, so I don't think it's luck. Kazi, did you feel a little bit of luck on that throw? No. I. You look at all the NFL quarterbacks. These guys are the best of the best, and you see it across the league. And, you know, this there's a reason we're excited about the Bears. It's because we have a legitimate quarterback, even though, you know, my concern is, like I said, I, I'm excited about the Bears being 5-1. and one. I'm just concerned about when you get to the playoffs, you can't make those mistakes. You can't depend on your defense every week to keep the lead and hang on to the lead. You just can't do it. It's just not going to happen. So, so I'd, like us, I'd like us to go in a different direction, right, at the end of the game where we start to pound the ball a little bit and figure out how to run it. We've got to run it. At some point, you got to run the ball. Okay, so Kaz, you're in Boise, Idaho. Obviously, you're using your initiative, uh, working for the great Windy City Wire. Uh, your boss, Richie Galgano, he expects you to do what you have to do. We've made a, a case tonight saying that Nick Foles needs to go to Matt Nagy and say, look, the way you have these plays designed with the progressions, where you want me to look at this guy, that it's not working. Because Foles is a very efficient quarterback. He's streaky. Don't you think that that the Nagy needs to back off and allow Foles to take ownership of this offense? Like hundred percent, yeah, hundred percent. Like yeah. most of the team, you look at Roethlisberger, all the the really heady, competent quarterbacks, they're running the offense. Somebody may be calling plays, but the plays during the week are designed to utilize that quarterback's skill. Yeah, I mean, there's no question, and that's where. You know, as I, like I said, I'm I'm excited about where the Bears are at. My concern is when we get, and I I do believe. I mean, we're going to the playoffs. I mean, at five and one, it would take 
What would have to happen is a lot of injuries, right? And you don't wish that on anybody. Nobody can predict that. But if they stay relatively healthy, they're going to the playoffs. But at some point, he really he, – look, you're 5-1. and one. You've done a great job as, as a head coach. Hand it off. Let somebody else manage that portion of the game. Let Nick Foles, the guy that you brought in, right, and you basically – Bench the other guy saying, we've got to go with this guy because he's going to give us our best chance. And, oh, by the way, he was right in doing that. But now you got to let the guy actually perform and play. And that's uh, where I hope he'll get to. You know, we'll see. Only time will tell. But I, I know that we can't keep doing what we're doing and think that we're going to win every week because your defense can't do it week in and week out. Nobody can. I mean, I don't, I don't care. You know, look, the 85 Bears – you had a hiccup along the way. It just happens. You can't perform every week. It's just, it's really difficult. 312-981-7200 if you want to jump on in here with uh, Kaz on 720 WGN. Andy, I promise you'd get in here. Thank you for being patient. What do, what hey, do you guys. You've waited an hour, Andy. Make it good. Hold it. You All right, it. man. I waited an hour for this. First, I want to say thank you to OBM for our championships. And I want more. I want a championship this year. I'm sick of these excuses. I got three points. And I need your NFL opinion, guys. I didn't play the NFL. And I need your NFL opinion. You played the game. Play action versus RPO, fooling people with multiple packages. Why? Bad tactical situational awareness by Nagy. Why? Stay with command and grab 11 personnel, give some rhythm, and please stop throwing shallow routes. Throw the ball deep. Can't you throw routes that are 10 yards deep, not 16 yards bubble street, and, and freaking crossing routes? I'll just play high school football, and the high school pop gun football personnel don't work. Nagy, if you're listening to me, humble yourself. We got a chance to win it all. Get this high school off inside of here and play some real man play action power football. Thank you, guys. You got it, Andy. You you got your money's <laughs> worth, my friend. Good good job. You got to reward him. You, well, he's in Dallas. Yeah, but he, you could still send him something, right? Can't we uh, send him... Uh... A gift certificate or something? We, you know, eventually, we, he uh, gets caught. We, Chicago we, might open up, and they might not quarantine you for 112 days. I, I don't. I don't. In well, da- I, I, don't I don't want to give my Bartolini's way to Dallas, but we can Andy an autograph picture. There we go. We'll, we'll, hey, no, get get Andy. Get Andy's information. We'll hook an him up. An autograph picture of Nagy. <laughs> 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 I got you. Yeah. Uh, oh, you know Lord. what is what does it say? Be yourself, or what was be his you, uh, favorite man. line? Be, be you. you. Be you. Be you. That's that's their philosophy. By the way, uh, since, hey, since, Glenn, we, hold on. Me since just, we mentioned Bartolini's, just real fast. How was your food oh. tonight, there, Obi? Was all right. You know what, Glenn? What the shame of, of this is going to be, and I hope not, because they they've got an opening here. And, you know, they play, what, uh, three or four teams in the SPAC half that have only won one game. And we played the Vikings. They, they're they one of five. We played them twice. But wouldn't this be something if this year if somehow, somehow this doesn't work out and you had a defense and it was year after year and you would never open up this offense and you had this opportunity. And, again, Glenn, you can only play this game so long. I think the average, what is it, somewhere around five years, four and a half. When I played, 
the average uh, career of a football player, professional, was two years. You don't have a lifetime. You don't have 40 years, 30 years working at a job to do one thing. The thing you want to be is a world champion. And when these kids are playing their hearts out and, and they've been close to it, but because of I, I don't I, I can't find a, a, of sheer stupidity in our offensive way of trying to score and move the ball down the field. I hope these guys don't have to look back and say, "What the hell happened? How could this possibly be with the defense we got year after year after year and we didn't win it?" And I tell you what, well, I'm, I'm so very proud to played with the guys I have and won a world champ championship, and I know Ham pass. But, guys, it's a short window, players, coaches. Take advantage of the situation right now. You guys yep. can do it. They right can. now, and, Glenn, right. right now, the game, you want to talk about going this back half of the season, it's, it's, it's as much mental, mental, mental and as much attitude as it is physical, it's also, if not more. It's also attitude and physical when you sit down at Bartolini's at 144th and Pulaski and Midlothian. Bartolini's open seven days a week, dining patio sitting to go orders hamp. You crush some chicken tonight, a little pasta, the delicious desserts tonight. I got to tell you guys, that's the only thing I miss is that chicken. And I'm sure Ed took him deep tonight on the chicken. You bet I did. <laughs> Peter you're, was beating on Ed, the door right. trying to stop it. Yeah. And, <laughs> and, and, and you're cr- you're correct on what you're saying. Um, you know, it, it, this is my fear. My fear is we really have something special going on right now this year. Things yes. are lining up perfectly. And we just need minor adjustments from the offensive standpoint, meaning our head coach has to either adapt and adjust and allow a quarterback that has proven that when you get him into the playoffs, he can figure out a way to win and allow this kid to do it or – you're going to pass on an opportunity, and that's my fear. And I hope that we can figure it out, and we've got time. But right now, I don't see it changing enough to where I'm comfortable. Let's get a check in news. Kazi's going to stick with us for one more segment here. And, uh, hey, well, let's line them up. 312-981-7200. Best call in the next segment gets a $50 gift card to Bartolini's Restaurant and Catering. Kaz will decide uh, the best call. As you build a bridge to how the Bears can get to the next level offensively. Give us give, it, it, give some motivation. Enlighten us. Something along those lines. 930 check in news. 720 WGN. Hamp and OB. Uh, I think it tells you a lot about our team. Is this who we are offensively? We want to improve. We want to get better. We want to have rhythm. But ultimately in the NFL, it's about winning games. It doesn't matter how you do it. It just matters that you get it done. Right now, we're winning games. We're playing together as a team. We can improve. I think that's exciting. If we were winning these games and playing perfect and they were this tight and we're playing perfect, what do you do? Where do you improve? Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed Obradovich. Thank you. 720 WGN till the top of the hour. Kaz with us for one more segment. Kazi. Uh, we have a Bartolini's contest near $50 to Bartolini's restaurant and catering family-owned and operated, serving the best Italian cuisine in Chicagoland, plus the world-famous meatballs located 144th and Pulaski. Sam in Hammond, Indiana, welcome to WGN. What's your... Hi, how what are, are you? you? We're great, Sam. Thank you for calling. What do you got? Uh, I'd like to say that with their 5-1 and one, and with their quarterback and the coach... And all the defense and offense, I think they're going to beat 
playoffs with 12 and 4 this year. 12 and 4. Yeah, I'm going that way. I I wouldn't argue with you. I I think yep. you're right. And then they're going to go to playoffs. I can't tell you how far, you know, but at least they're going in there. Well, tell us, Sam. You might know all here. There are three losses. Who, if you got twelve and four, who are they losing to, Sam? How well do you know the schedule? Uh, not too well. Okay, I'm going to say they'll lose to the Titans at at Tennessee at Green Bay, and I can't even find another loss on this. Maybe at the Rams. Maybe one of the Minnesota games. Sure. I think that Minnesota. Yeah, Minnesota's good. always tough. You're right. I mean, that's a tough. That's a tough game. It'll for be them. close there. Minnesota finds a way to lose that one. All right, Sam, thank you, my friend. 312-981-7200. Best call of the segment gets $50 gift card to Bartolini's. Hample, how many, how many wins do you have the Bears? I'd say 11-5. and five. And, and, and again, you know, I'm not so sure that uh, the Rams aren't going to bounce back pretty good. You know, <clears throat> the producer of uh, Pro Football Weekly, Jim Kizios, is has watched the league a long time, and he always says it's a game-to-game league. In other words... Carolina played really poorly against us in a lot of ways. Don't be shocked if they go in and beat New Orleans. I'm just saying, New Orleans to me right now is struggling on a, on a lot of different levels. And so, who knows? Who knows? You know what's going to happen. But 11 and five, you're a lock. But more importantly, how do we improve? on offense before we get to the playoffs because we know one touchdown and three field goals ain't going to cut it. I, Kazi? 100%. Dan's right. I mean, that's it. And that's what we've been saying. I, look, they're 5-1 and one and we're excited. But we also see the flaw. And the flaw is is that you got to score more points on offense and you got to do it more effectively. And late in the game, you've got to have answers late in the game. And that's the coach. And that's play calling. And you know that's our concern. It, it really is. And maybe hand it over to, you know, to your quarterback and let him maybe audible more. But they've got to improve there. Well, speaking that's the only thing we're saying. Speaking Nothing of more. speaking, but, but, but of, we don't. We have such a, a, a void of explosive plays. And you, you know, you look around the league. The good teams. You know, and I'm not talking about Detroit. I'm talking about you know even you know, forget Kansas City, Buffalo, or Pittsburgh, or some of these. Other elite teams, which at five and one, we're in the top ten of, of all the rankings. We are considered an elite team, but we don't do anything on offense where we have an explosive play or two. Most of the it, it's it's paper cut, paper cut, and see what happens when we get down in the red zone. Longest play from scrimmage last week was twenty three yards, Allen Robinson, and the defense creates turnovers. I mean that's. You know, we're five and one because of those kind of combos, and you can't, like we said, you just can't do it week in and week out. You just can't. How do you guys reconcile that the Bears beat the Bucks, came back from thirteen nothing down, took out, uh, you know, came up big when they needed, however you want to put it, and then Tampa goes and gets and smokes Green Bay thirty-eight to ten. Does is that something week to that? Week. Week to week. I'm telling you, anybody can beat anybody in the NFL. So it's not anything that should give you confidence, hey, we beat Tampa and Tampa beat Green Bay. It's more just like anything can happen every week. What is shocking is Green Bay was coming off of a bye week. Yeah. You'd think if anybody's ready. But Green Bay's kind of shown last year they went to the coast three times and laid eggs all, all three times. So, you know, nobody's, you know, Green Bay, everybody wants to go, wow, they're really good. Well, 
maybe not so good, and we'll find out. Well, here, the bottom line to everybody, the bottom line is the offense has got to grow up. We've got to start playing legitimate NFL offensive football, converting on third down, running the football. If we don't do that, I mean, are we going to get to the playoffs? I, I don't see how we – I mean, we're going to get to the playoffs. But once you get in there, I'll tell you what, there's going to be some other teams that are going to be just as hungry as you that probably do a few things better on offense that we do, not unless we can grow up. And I still, to this day, don't understand why we don't come out firing and playing big boy football, Glenn. I just, I, I'm, I'm mystified by this dink and dunk, dink and dunk, and we don't convert on third down, don't convert on third down, punt, 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 and it's okay. It was okay last year, the year before. It's okay. I don't think it's okay. That's not how you play this game. Let, and they play the game to be a world champion, not an also-ran. Let's get a contrarian call in here. I think that's where we're going here. Andy in Oregon, go ahead. Uh, yes, uh, everybody, not just on your station, but other experts on other radio stations have uh, really been hammering Maggie not just this week, but also last week, for passing instead of running on third down late in the game. And I think uh, Coach Nagy made the right call. And may I explain why? Sure. Sure. Okay. We The defenses are stacked against the run, and it is game over. First down, game over. If, uh, if the Bears miss... They're going to stop the run. They're getting the ball back. I'd rather I'd rather take my chances, convert the first down, rather than give them the ball back. And but they didn't convert it. That's burning, the problem. Pardon me. That's the flaw in your uh, observation, right? I mean, if if it worked, then you're a genius. But isn't it about improving your chances to win? And I get first and second down, of course, you run to get them to burn the timeout. Andy, but third down is not as critical. Andy, to your point, you, you're relying on the defense, right? You're confident? Oh, no, I'm relying upon my offense to uh, get a first down. Right, I like but, the chances that are passing than running. Okay. I, listen. And unfortunately, they haven't been able to do that. Um, you know, that's been the issue, and that's what we're talking about. So sometimes, you know what, Andy, you're right. Uh, you know, the um, element of surprise is great, but unfortunately, I think we could all predict what he was going to do on third down. There was no question in my mind he was going to throw the ball because he's the smartest guy in the room, unfortunately. And I'm listen, I actually like... Nagy as a head coach, you know, I'm going to be the first to say the guy has him at five and one. I just think, like Ed is saying, we we have to grow up. We have to figure out how we convert third downs. Yeah, you can throw it, but you've got to run plays that actually. We don't have. We're not the Kansas City Chiefs. We don't have these explosive players. So you've got to pick. You've got to figure out ways, if you're going to throw, where you're picking people clean to catch the ball. And, you know, hey, call it what you want, but you're literally trying to pick so that somebody could free up and it's an easy throw and you get a first down. Andy, you got one thing, one feather in your cap. Matt Nagy agrees with you, my friend. <laughs> That's okay because he is 5-1, and one, so it's – it's easy for us to sit in the cheap seats and, you know, say, hey, here's what you should do. But, 
I, I, like I said, we, we all understand, we've all been around the game long enough to know that at some point there are certain things you have to do at certain times, and we're not doing it right now. But we're still 5-1, and one, so that's the good news. And unfortunately, that, that drive we are all talking about, we ran a total of 15 seconds off the clock. 15 seconds. Ran three plays, 15 seconds. And the the hidden hand is, yeah, we got a good defense and they were able to turn Bridgewater over. But what if he didn't? What if D.J. Moore didn't drop the ball for the touchdown? So all those different things come into play when you only run 15 seconds off. There's a time and place to be clever and outsmart people. But if you do that, Number one, you damn well better do it. You know, it's like, you know, gambling. Well, you better hit because if you don't, then you lose everything. And we almost lost because we gave them the ball back with over two minutes left in the game. Last two drives, they got to, they picked up 26 yards, one first down, and combined on the off the clock, they took off two minutes and 57 seconds. It, that worked on Sunday, but if you're talking about salting away wins in, in the playoffs, if you're f- not going to work, it'll come back and haunt you. Now, because there is such a thing, you've heard a two-minute offense. There's also a four-minute offense. And yep, what is the key components of that philosophy? Well, you're just again, you're grinding up clock. You're getting first downs, but you you've got to. If you're throwing the ball, it's quick, safe pick kind of passes, and everybody stays in bounds. I mean, that's the key to, you know, any game at the end there when you're trying to eat up clock. Uh, And ideally, you know, what was mind-boggling for me was, like I said, that that second-to-last drive was six minutes to go. They ran the ball and got a first down, and then he, he, you know, he threw it, then he ran it, and then he threw it again, and they punt the ball away. And, And literally 10 seconds after they ate up about a minute and a half, right? It just... It doesn't make sense. If you're going to throw it, if you're going to throw the ball in those situations, and you're running the ball, say on first down, and 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 you have a, a decent running game, that's when the play action comes in. That's how you move right. the ball down the field. Right. Play right. action. Play action, of course. Right. Absolutely, because they have to. That front seven. That's their number one responsibility. Stop and the run. Gonna put- they're going to put eight in the box, right? They're going to try and stop it. Yep. That's where play action comes in, and um, that's the play to make. Yep, but we we don't even do that. I mean, it's like I said, we the Bears are in great position. By no means are we pushing the panic button, but we would like to see them just improve on offense and do things sounder down the stretch. Meaning, you're you know, it's not not necessarily chalk. But being smart and eating up time, especially late in the game, because that's what you need to do as an offense. Hey, uh, we're giving the Bartolini's to our guy Sam. Congratulations. He picks up the $50 gift card to Bartolini's. Sakazi, we're, uh, we're up against the clock, my friend. We'll talk to you after next uh, Monday night, next Tuesday night, uh, after the Bears hopefully beat the Rams, all right? They're going to beat them, I'm telling you. The Bears are on a roll. I'll talk to you guys. Have a great week. Enjoy Boise. Boise, Stay healthy. Kaz live in Boise, Idaho. I just snipped him in Boise. Do you have one last word from Boise? Say bye. Bye. There you go. 720 WGN. Hamp and OP. It's hard to explain the feeling that we have in this locker room, the 5-1 the and one for our team right now. That's not easy to do. I told our guys that we're fighters. 
We have a bunch of fighters on this team, guys that, that fight to the end in all three phases. For us, in our room, well, we're going to be super fired up about 5-1. and one. Now back to Dan Hampton and Ed O'Bradovich. Right, take a look at the Rams here wrapping up the show. But uh, first off, Hampton, one thing I didn't uh, mention, I thought before the end of the first half might have been the best Matt Nagy moment of the game. He called timeout so the Bears would get the ball back. Uh, it ended up working out. Carolina kicks a field goal, and the Bears get it back, and they go down the field, and Cairo boots one in from 55 yards right before the halftime horn. That was He used his timeouts well. The offense wasn't freaking out going down the field. I was, I was thinking, you guys are going way too slow. They started off with a three-yard run, but it ended up working out. I thought that was, a, that was an impressive moment. And you can tell that Nagy, you know, he keeps saying, hey, there's something about this team. And the, the, that's great. It means there's a camaraderie, and yet there's a confidence that is starting to, to grow. And, you know, we've talked at, at nauseum about the fact the offense has got to kick it in. They've got to do more. They've got to be better. They've got to be a more of a, a leading aspect of this team rather than the tail being wagged by the defense. All that being said, we're going to find out Monday night. You know, it's it's not easy. Fly to the West Coast and play on uh, Monday night. But we're, we're going to find out a lot about this defense. Now, you, you mentioned earlier about the fact that, you know, and we, we said it's, uh, you know, week-to-week league. All I know is early in the year, the the Rams, to me, seemed to have their swagger back. And then last week, they hit a wall. And the 49ers are not that good on defense. For whatever reason, they weren't ready. They were not prepared for that moment in time. I, I guess they kind of thought they were just going to go in there and uh, roll up the, the Niners after they got beat by Miami. And they're banged up, too. They're missing Bosa. They're missing Thomas. They're missing a lot of guys. Go ahead. But... Their offense has certain dimensions that when they get it going, they're really good. And I remember last year when they played the Seattle Seahawks in a very meaningful game. The first half, they wore Seattle out with their offense. And, you know, if we catch a buzzsaw like that, it's going to be a hard night because, you know, Cooper Cup's back. They've got uh, Robert Woods. They've got two really, really good receivers. Not just one, two. And it's hard to double two. So we're going to find out how our corners, and this, thus far I give both of them an A. Fuller gets an A+. plus. But we're going to find out Monday night if they are bona fide and they're ready to go. Cup and Woods have both been targeted basically identically 45 and 41 times. They're both catching balls at uh, 12 yards a catch, which is which is impressive. They're both getting in the end zone. A couple, a couple for Cup, three for Woods. Uh, but Jared Goff can be good or he can be real rough. And if this defense is on, he can make it a real long. We've done it to him before. We made him look absolutely atrocious. Now think about you know the Green Bay last week, Tampa Bay pressured Aaron Rodgers early and he was out of sync the entire game he was you know useless well the same thing with golf golf has a propensity to struggle when he gets pressure in his in his lap and guess what Last week, Bela Nichols had a, a, a sack, almost a safety. That was a safety. Akeem Hicks has been just terrific. So there's a lot of things that we do that could bother them. All I know is 
I've seen the Rams when they get it clicking, and you know they're pretty scary. So, and their defense, by the way, leads the NFL in yards allowed per pass play at five point nine. They rank third in total pass defense, giving up two hundred and nine yards a game. So, uh, if you can't run the ball like the Bears haven't, and you are scuffling at times throwing the football. It makes you. It'll be very interesting to see if the Bears can have a successful offensive day here against a pretty good Rams defense. And Aaron Donald, by the way, leading the NFL in sacks with seven and a half. Well, guess you know the Rams are a pretty good football team. Okay, they're they're a hell of a lot better than I think anybody that we played so far. And just going from game to game to game, and we're playing them out there. And and so the final word for me is, you know, guys, meet the challenge. Defense, keep getting the takeaways, and keep going after them. Blitz them. Do whatever you have to do. Get in their face offensively. For God's sakes, let's start playing the game the way it's supposed to be played. Let's get the running game going. You get the running game go going, then you go to play action. Stretch the field. That's how you do it, and it's about time we start doing it. And I think if we could come close to that offensively and have our defense still doing what the hell they've been doing, i give us a chance out on the West Coast. I really do. Remember the last trip out there is when Trubisky was benched for uh, uh, Chase Daniel. Remember that? That night? That was a scary... That seems like light years ago. Hopefully it doesn't happen this week. Let's uh, let's say goodbye on on, on this, uh, and we appreciate everybody listening, and we appreciate Kaz. Thank you so much for listening and calling in, folks. And we appreciate appreciate Adam Hogue, and we appreciate you, Jeff Vukovic. You are back. He's a straight shooter. He knows insurance. He's on your side, OB. He'd love to help you. The Vuk is great, but again, to my friend Harold Kuzwara... God love you, dear. Nationwide is on your side. Check yeah, yeah. out Vuk. check out JeffVook.com. Nationwide the best. is indeed on your side. Thank you for listening tonight. We really appreciate it. Bears are 5-1. We'll see if they can go get the Rams. Have a great night. 720 WGN.